0: Hello and welcome back to the show. Um, this is the When Marriage Hurts podcast and this is episode number 38. Um, yeah, so this is kind of like a special episode for me. Um, I'm not sure why I'm talking with this, uh, fake accent today. Let's just, you know, put it down to my mood. I'm in a mood today. <laughs> I'm almost speaking like a Kardashian, oh my goodness, I don't know what the issue is. Anyways, yes, so it's a special one for me because I'm recording this on um, January 7, 2023 and it's a special day um, to me because it's my mom's birthday. Now, my mom is late right she passed on like 16 years ago or so um but i i kind of remember her on her birthdays i i don't for some reason i don't remember her on the date that she actually died i choose to remember her on her birthday and today my mom would have been 80 years old 80 years old Um, If you're wondering why I'm talking about my mom today, it's not just because today's her birthday. It's because my mom was also a victim of marital abuse. She, um, yeah, so I'm going to be doing a little bit of storytelling on today's episode. My mom wasn't, um, you know, when people think of women in abusive marriages, they usually think, oh, maybe the woman gave up her financial independence. Maybe she's a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling mom. Like people typically have this kind of stereotypes of what they think um, an abused wife is or the, what put her in that situation. My mom didn't fit any of those stereotypes, okay? She was an entrepreneur. She was an international businesswoman. She was the breadwinner of our home, okay? She was the breadwinner, very smart, very, you know, business savvy and whatnot. And she was still a victim of abuse, and she, I, I don't know if it ever, I mean, I was quite young. She had me when she was like 40 or 41 years old. I don't know if it ever crossed her mind that she, living was a choice for her. Because if she had left, she wouldn't have had issues um, making money or anything like that. She already made the money, okay? Um, But, you know, I grew up in Nigeria, and it's still, till this day, leaving your marriage is something that's frowned upon. You know, now with the advent of social media and where, you know, people um, are able to get news faster and we hear stories of women being killed by their spouses and stuff like that people's attitudes in Nigeria is starting to change a little bit so they would say things like oh if your husband's beating you up leave the marriage you know leave leave the home they don't ask you to leave the marriage per se but they say you know leave so that you can leave like leave the home so that you don't lose your life but even the people that say leave the home so that you don't lose your life they still frown upon the idea of you saying you want the marriage to end. So they want you to separate, but they don't want you to hand the marriage because, you know, God forbid, that's like the unforgivable thing. Now, for my mom, it was a lot more complicated than that. Not that she wasn't a deeply religious person. I mean, she went to church and all that stuff. She never missed church. But I don't think for her i don't think it was so much about would god be happy with me if i was divorced i think it was she was just living in a time where the society just really frowns upon you leaving your husband like even people who aren't religious people like women that left their marriages were seen as prostitutes. They were seen as what less. They were seen as harlots, essentially. Um, Of course, the same standards didn't apply to men. Men could, you know, they didn't even have to leave their marriages. They could be married and have as many mistresses as they cared to have. So that was what it was like in growing up in Nigeria so there was this stigma attached to um being a divorced woman or even just being a single mom whether you had kids out of wedlock or just being a woman without a husband was there was so much stigma attached to that like just being unmarried and you're a woman who's of age and you're unmarried it didn't matter what or the accomplishments you had in life, it was like your, your life was still missing something. So that was the kind of society I grew up in and, you know, that my mom um, was married in as well and living in. Now, growing up, I still have memories of times when my mom, my dad would beat my mom up. But that wasn't something that went on endlessly. Like, I don't know how long he it, it did that for. But by the time, I think maybe the last memories I have of my father beating up my mom was maybe when I was five or six years old. And after that, I, I never really witnessed such again, right? Okay. And, um... Now, back in the day, no one, we weren't really aware of things like eating abuse. If if your husband wasn't beating you up, you weren't being abused. Simple. It was just that simple. It didn't matter if they were cheating on you or whatever. If you're not being beaten up, it was not abuse. And even if you were being beaten up, it was probably your fault because you must have done something to piss him off sadly that was um the mindset so i you know growing up i just felt like well maybe my dad had found christ and that's why i stopped beating my mom cups because my dad was kind of person that he would go to church not like every week but he would read his bible a lot like he had you know, Bible Concordance and all those big books and stuff about the Bible. And I saw him as someone that was becoming a better husband, right? Like my my older siblings used to tell me that, oh, dad used to drink and smoke at a point, but I never saw my dad drink or smoke. So I just, all of that, I thought, oh, he's been a better human. It was after I became an adult that I got to know the truth that my dad stopped drinking because it was giving him ulcers. So we stopped drinking for health reasons. Um, And then I think by the time I was eight or nine, I was starting to notice that my dad wasn't such a great guy. I I I didn't know what the problem was. I just knew there was something about him, and he was just someone that caused a lot of pain without having to beat you up. I didn't have the words for it, and well, that was that. It took me years to realize that what my mom was going through was a lot of um, emotional and psychological abuse. Like I said, that wasn't something that we had an understanding of. or It wasn't even a thing all those years ago. I mean, my mom was educated. She was a teacher before she left that and decided to go into business for herself. But, you know, this whole thing about some people have narcissistic personalities and they are um, covert abusers. It wasn't... It really wasn't something that we were aware of back then. It's still not something that people are aware of, even in 2023. A lot of people are still unaware of this kind of thing. So, she, you know, looking back now in retrospect, I understand that my mom was mentally and emotionally abused. I don't think she ever knew she was being abused. Because my dad is a covert abuser. Um, He's a covert narcissist, actually. And I I, I believe that kind of um, formed my understanding of what love is growing up as well. Because you see, when you see your parents, especially in a society where... You know, back then, public display of affection was frowned upon, even between married spouses. And I'd seen times where my dad would give my mom a peck on the cheek, or she would be sick and he would, quote unquote, take care of her or take her to the doctor. Seeing that as a child, even though I didn't feel loved by my dad, I kind of believed that my dad loved my mom. Okay, and even when she would say demeaning things to her or about her, I didn't think that was a problem, like, you know, it was like the whole concept of love, I thought I understood it, but, you know, like I always say, your parents are the first set of people that really teach you about marriage because that's what you see growing up so i think to me it felt like abuse and love could coexist right um i just saw it as you know some people have weaknesses where they lash out on people they call them names they say you know bad stuff to them but that doesn't mean they don't love them. That's just, you know, that's just a weakness they need to work on. I didn't really see it as abuse. Because, it, it, I mean, growing up in a society where that kind of behavior was normalized, I didn't think it was a problem. Um, my mom started having very serious health problems in her 40s. And by the time she was in her early 50s, she had you know, she was hypertensive, she was diabetic, and I think she was still in her 50s when she had her first stroke, and then, um, in, uh, around when she was 60 or so, she had a second stroke, and, you know, these things happen over the years, so I, if I were to, like, go into very deep details it would make for a really long podcast episode um but what i'm telling you are you know what i consider the important details so looking from the outside in i don't think anyone would have believed my mom was being abused because come on (laughs) this woman was making loads of money so what people could see from the outside was that oh there's this very enterprising lady and her husband is so supportive of her and i mean they were like the dream couple if there was ever such a thing um you know they have great kids we were doing well i mean growing up not having when i hear people say i mean we weren't like stinkingly rich but we were quite comfortable um not having food to eat in the house was never a thing in my house in fact if there's anything i remember is that you know food would usually go bad and we would throw it out in the garbage um it wasn't off it wasn't until when my mom had this multiple strokes and she couldn't like work anymore that was when it became super obvious that she was the one that had held the family together financially for years. Because, you know, my dad is this, you know, how... If you don't know much about nas- nas- narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder, you, you could... There's a lot of information online about it these days. You could read up on that. But my dad was that kind of... um grandiose narcissist that would um on the on the outside looking in you would actually think it was like a successful business guy but in reality it was all fake my mom was the one holding the family together financially and so when my mom would get really sick Everything that people could see from the outside looking in was like, oh, this man is so faithful. He took care of his wife till the very end, even though he could have married another wife. Oh, it's just so wonderful. But for us, the kids, we knew what the real truth was. The truth was that this guy was an abuser, okay? Um... It For us is, I mean, the way I see it is, it's not so much of this guy stood by his wife when she was sick for years. It was more of this woman wouldn't have been this sick if he wasn't abusing her the whole time. <laughs> but that's something that's difficult to explain to people because they just don't see that and they just think, you know... Maybe we kids are crazy, or something. they never saw what we saw behind closed doors right um and if there was any doubt about that in my mind, I think what clears that doubt for me was that um so I have a brother that lives in Europe, like he just he just ran away from home. When he was like in his early 20s. And went to Europe without even telling my parents. Until after he had settled down in Europe. Um, So years after when my mom became super sick. He wanted to bring her to Europe to get better medical treatment. And my dad said no. Because he would rather have his wife. Sick and dead. Than let his estranged son help his mom. I mean, that's just, isn't that, doesn't that sound crazy to you? Right? Like the only thing that my brother did wrong at that point was that he left home and left for Europe without telling my dad. I mean, this wasn't like a 12-year-old boy. He was in his 20s at that point. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, like, no one could possibly tell me that, oh, this, our father was so loving and he took care of your mom that whole time. When he really, I mean, because of his own pride, he would rather have his wife be sick and dead. And, of course, when she died, you know, she left behind... A lot of money, okay? And we were, you know, we had this understanding with our dad that, you know what, this money, we're just going to invest it and, you know, as grandkids come, this money is going to be for the grandchildren. And it sounded like a great idea. Well, fast forward a few years down the line, We realized that my dad had spent all of this money. And we're talking millions in Nigerian currency. He had spent everything. There was nothing left. We thought the money was an investment. It was all gone. Okay? And the funny thing is we had no clue what my dad spent this money on. He was driving a raggedy car, living in a raggedy house... Didn't wear good clothes. We just had no clue what he had done with this money. Because he's the kind of person that just loves to... To, you know, give out money to people to boost his own ego and his own image. Not for his children. Like, he never uses money to help his own children. But he will do that for strangers. And... That was truly heartbreaking for me. And it got me thinking that if my mom lived her life loving her kids, loving her abusive husband, didn't know that walking away from a toxic marriage was a choice that she had, and she lived her life this way until the eating abuse caused her health problems and she died an untimely death. And everything that she worked for just, you know, squandered by a husband. And a lot of that money my dad spent on, you know, the girlfriends he had after my mom passed. It wasn't just money. But there were assets that my mom left behind that. My dad just spent on girlfriends after my mom passed. And, you know, that got me thinking that when I look at my own marriage and I saw that I was kind of repeating the pattern in my parents' marriage, married to this covert abuser... You know, the only difference was that I wasn't the breadwinner in our home. But other than that, everything else kind of matched. Oh, and the fact that my dad wasn't, like, religious, but my, my husband was and still is. Everything else kind of matched. And, you know, I, I, I'm I still not even 40 yet, okay? I'm going to be 39 in a few months, and I already had all these health problems it was I was starting to mirror my mom's life. I would go see doctors and they would ask questions like oh d- did your did your parents have a history of hypertension or diabetes?" and I'd be like, "Yeah my mom and everything was just explained by family history family medical history. It really took God opening my eyes to see that. I wasn't just having these health problems because it ran in the family. No, I'm having these health problems because I'm in a marriage that is killing me slowly. Like I'm dying slowly on the inside. Sisters, I'm telling you, it's a hard decision to make and it's nobody's decision to make for you. No one can tell you whether to stay or leave. But as someone who has left, I'm telling you that 14 months after separation, I'm feeling better. My health is doing better. I'm still on, you know, a couple of prescription medication, but I feel great overall. Now, do I have bad days? Do I have days that maybe I still cry in the shower because... The dream of a wonderful marriage that I had was dashed. Yeah, I still have those days. But you know what? They're getting fewer and fewer. And far apart. I wake up now with such joy that I get to leave. I I, I don't, I'm not going to die an untimely death like my mom. I'm not going to go through life while I'm dead on the inside. I actually get to live and thrive. I actually get to enjoy being a mother. That is what brings me joy every day. It's it's It, it hasn't been an easy journey. The journey isn't even over. I'm still on that healing journey. I'm just saying all of this to let you know that. If you have the desire to leave but you don't see how it's going to happen yet, it's okay. If you have the desire to leave but it scares the you know life out of you, it's okay to be scared. No one does this stuff with 100% confidence. Everyone is scared about decisions like this. So when you look at people who leave and years later they are thriving and you're like, oh, they're so strong, but I'm not that strong. Believe it or not, it was like walking through hell for them as well. In fact, I, I believe the reason many women stay after they've come to the realization that they are been abused is because staying in the abuse is just easier than trying to get out. Trying to get out seems like a lot of work. And it doesn't just seem like a lot lot of work. It actually is a lot of work. Living in the denial is just a whole lot easier than trying to be truthful and authentic and say, this is toxic. This is doing me a lot of harm. I need to get out. That is a lot of work. And no one should be shamed for not being able to go through with the work. And no one should be condemned for going through with it so um what was I talking about I think I lost track there (laughs) but the point I'm trying to make is at a point I saw that I was repeating those patterns in my life because it got to a point before I separated from my husband it got to a point where I was not only holding down a full-time job I was only I was also doing a part-time business and it was just i was worn out and my husband just didn't care but he told me never to quit that business he was very um clear about that he did not want me to quit the business but he wasn't ready to help me either and i'm like this is my mom's life i'm living And she didn't get to live very long. She didn't get to see our grandchildren. I want to see my grandchildren. I want to play with my grandchildren. I want to have a better life. I don't want to die. You know, keep living like... I don't want to be like a living corpse. This has to end. And yeah, that was it for me. So today, as I remember my mom... I now I understand why there were times she couldn't be a good mom because she herself had been messed up by a marriage. And I'm grateful to God that I can be a better mom to my kids today, not because I'm so special, but because I don't have to parent my kids through the lens of the abuse that I'm experiencing I can get healed and be healthy, not just for myself, but for my kids. I can show them that example that it's okay to walk away from a relationship that turns toxic. You staying is not evidence of your commitment to loving that person. No. It's not. Sometimes the best thing you can do for the person that you love is to walk away. And I think that's a good place to wrap up today's episode. Um, my mom would have been 80 today. I miss her. I, I miss her even more when I had my own kids and I knew what it was to be like a mom and she wasn't there. Um, I just miss her. I miss our unconditional love. I miss so much about her. Anyways, I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. If you, if, if this podcast helps you at all, please let me know. Please let me know. You can shoot me a message on Instagram at when marriage hurts. You can shoot me a message on facebook at when marriage hurts or just you know join the group um but i would really love to hear from you and if you listen on apple podcast and this episode has helped you in any way please please leave us a review when you do um apple pays attention and they it kind of um improves our visibility such that they show this podcast. When people are looking for stuff on the internet about abuse in marriage, um, they are able to find this podcast a, a whole lot easier when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You don't have to use a real name, you could use a nickname, but by doing so, you would be helping some woman out there find the answers that she's been searching for. Um, I love you all. Do have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. God bless you.